Well, we are talking about is Boomtown, and the first thing that Miss Tina said to Mr. Jeff was Boomtown. That's how I learned that she was watching the services. We're talking about boomtowns because boomtowns are a, a phenomenon that have happened in pretty much every, uh, every culture and in every area of the world. It's a place where people rush to get to a moment or a, a place where something precious has been discovered, whether it be water in the desert or gold in them their hills, black gold that is, uh, either one. They are, they, people rush to get to that place because something precious has been there. And last week, we talked about the fact that we have access to the precious resource of the Holy Spirit. In fact, our, our text is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, on the day of Pentecost, and the Feast of Pentecost was 50 days after Passover, all the believers, by believers, we're talking about those who heard the words of Jesus to go wait for the promise of the Father in Jerusalem and believed them enough to follow them. All the believers heard Jesus' words, were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And I'm emphasizing the words each of them a little bit because uh, I want us to see that this is something that happened individually, even in a corporate setting. There was, it, it, they were all together, 120 of them in the upper room. They were in a corporate setting, but this happened individually. So you might be in a service sometime or in a, a location where 5,000 people are saved. But it's not 5,000, singular group of 5,000 people being saved. It's 5,000 people being saved one by one as Jesus has, gains and receives a personal relationship with those individual people. Amen? So this is happening in a cor corporate setting, but it's individually based as the Holy Spirit settles on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So when the believers recognized the Holy Spirit in their life, their world expanded. It expanded tremendously. And, and I can tell you that anytime the Holy Spirit becomes involved in a person's world, their world expands. Everything the Holy Spirit moves upon expands. In my own life, I can tell you that I have experienced expansion in life because of the power of the Holy Spirit, when you recognize the Holy Spirit in life. The very first time that I ever desired a relationship personally with the Holy Spirit, I was around five years old. We were missionaries in, in the Philippines at the time, and my father tells the story. I remember the second part of the story, but I don't remember the first. But he tells the story that one day, about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, I came to his room and I, and I was going, Dad, 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 wake up, wake up. And he woke up and he said, what's going on, bud? And, and I said, I want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he said, you know, the Holy Spirit will still be up in three hours. <laughs> And, and in three hours, we went and prayed. He prayed with me, and, and that began my relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
But years later, when I was around 16, I was going through a difficult time in life. I didn't really like God. I didn't really like the church. I wasn't really a fan of any of it because I felt like they had taken my father from me. And that's a whole different story. I have a great relationship with my father and he's been a good dad my whole life. But in this moment, I was struggling because he was spending so much time at the church and building the church. I felt like he wasn't there with me. And and so I was frustrated, and, and in that moment, I was actually playing the drums at the church. I was still going to church because my father was bigger than me, and he said, get in the car, and that's all there was to that. There are some parents who need to learn that lesson, but that's another, that's another sermon. Anyway, the, uh, so we, I was at the church, and I was playing the drums, and in a moment when it was quiet in the church, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And at 16 years old, it revolutionized my wife, my life rather, and I, and I went to the altar that day and I gave my life to Jesus in a way that I, that I don't know if I previously had, or at least I did with understanding in that moment. Two weeks later, my father asked me to preach the first sermon I ever preached, and it was terrible. But I'm 46 now, and I have 30 years of preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ I've preached the gospel in many different countries, in many different pulpits, and on many different stages to many different people. I've preached the gospel to many people in their living rooms and in their dining, at their dining table. And I've seen God. I've seen God do things that are beyond my comprehension. Why? Is it because Micah is so awesome? No. Thank you for your confidence, but... No, it's because the Holy Spirit does works beyond our comprehension. The Holy Spirit expands in the next three weeks today and the next two after today. We're talking about the engagement with the Holy Spirit that offers boomtown moments in life. And today is the, the, I want to talk about the idea or the area of personal connection with the Holy Spirit. Connection with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 was so life-changing that it got the attention of the crowd, and not only did the crowd go from uh, not knowing they existed to they heard them, then they asked, how could this be, and then they mocked them. And people often mock what they fear or do not understand. It's very common for people to mock the things that they don't get. And so they're mocking Peter, and they're mocking the 120 that are there in the upper room. But what was the result of this whole interaction? The Bible says in Acts 2.41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. So they go from 120 people in the upper room. Jesus said, go wait for the promise of the Father. And 24% of the people who heard him showed up in the upper room. And now, with a 24% success rate, the Holy Spirit comes into their life and begins to work in them and through them, and now they have a 2,500% rather increase. That's a pretty good increase. That all occurred after the promise of the Father through the Holy Spirit. What happened that turned the tide from people mocking them to people saying, what do we need to do to be saved? What happened is that Peter went all in with his relationship with the Holy Spirit. And our big idea today is this, go all in with your personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. You see, you cannot 
experience all that the Holy Spirit has for you with a 50% investment of your life in Him. You don't get to invest 30% and get 100% back. That's not how He works. He wants 100% of you and you receive 100% of Him. And too many people, too many of us, let God save us from hell. We're saved, but we don't surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't allow him to work in our life and through our life in the way that he desires to. And I have two thoughts for us today. And thought number one is this, that going all in means receiving the Holy Spirit within your life. Receiving the Holy Spirit within your life. There's a, there's a lot of folks who, who are comfortable talking about the Father, comfortable talking about the Son, but when you get to the Holy Spirit, they're a little bit nervous about that because when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, it talks about things that you can't really completely comprehend and understand. And he does some stuff with some folks that are a little bit different, and, and so it, it's, it's it causes us to, to become uh, guarded in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. But to go all in with the Holy Spirit means receiving him within our lives. Let me give you an example from Scripture, Acts chapter 19. The Bible says while Apollos was in Corinth, that the apostle Paul traveled through the interior region until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Everybody say the word Believers. These were people who believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They were believers already. This was not a matter of were they saved or unsaved. It was a matter of you are a believer, but then Paul goes ahead and asks an additional question. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So what baptism did you experience, he asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for the repentance of sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We talk about baptism a lot at Five Lakes Church because every time you see in Scripture people taking next steps in Christ, when they come to a revelation of who Christ is and what he's done in their life and so on, they, they immediately are baptized into that new understanding, into that new revelation. It's, it's the beauty of baptism. That's what it talks about when it says being baptized into Christ. It's being baptized into the revelation and understanding of what Christ has done. So this was the response of believers all the way through the New Testament. It's the response of the believer today as well. But did these people have a relationship, these believers? Did they have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? The answer is yes. But they were ignorant of that relationship. So could they enjoy the full benefits of that relationship? The answer is no. I was speaking to a man recently and he said that he had a father in his life. But his relationship with his dad was so bad that there are things that he should have learned from his father that he could not learn from his father. It wasn't that his father was missing. His father was there. But the relationship was so poor that, that the, the things he could have experienced and could have learned and could have understood based upon the fact that his father was in the house, he could not, well, because of the relationship. 
Well, there are worse things than not having a father in the house. For instance, I would rather you not know your father than be beaten by your father through your formative years. Abuse is terrible. But in this case, we have a father who has nothing but good for us. And it is the promise of the father that was poured out in the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit is working in the lives of believers. And and these believers have not yet experienced that. They've not yet received the Holy Spirit, according to Paul, since they believed. Paul wasn't telling them they were not saved. He was saying that there is a greater, there's something different here for you. You can benefit from the relationship with the Holy Spirit in a way that you have not yet experienced. So then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So tongues, when it's back in Acts chapter 2, we read that they spoke in other languages. I was in a service one time where a, a lady from Oklahoma was standing at the front of the service and, and, and of the, uh, the church, and somebody gave her a microphone, and she began to pray for a person. She was praying for a woman, and, uh, and as she did so, she began to speak in tongues. Well, I was sitting on this side of the stage, and, and I saw a man who got my attention because he was way up in the, in the back of the church. It was a large church, about 2,000 members there. And, and he began to walk down. Well, that didn't capture my attention. But when he climbed up on the pews and began to walk across the pews, um, that got my attention as well as the security officer's attention. And they were tracking him. I was raised Pentecostal, but I never actually saw other people walk on the pews, just so we're clear. So... This guy comes up and, and he's Chinese and he came to the front and, and he walks over to that woman and he begins to speak to her in this Chinese dialect. And she said, oh, honey, I'm from Oklahoma. I don't speak no Chinese. And kind of like that, actually. And so, and so he said, but you were just speaking in my language. There are only three villages in China that speak this dialect and you were just speaking this dialect fluently. And... And uh, the only reason he was in church that day is because he, he had been smuggled into the United States illegally, and he was caught, and so there was a, a holding place there in Sacramento where people would wait for their trials. The one thing that they would be released to do is go to a religious service. And so one of the guards there was a member of this church, a believer, and invited him to come, and he was just like, yeah, if they'll get me out of here one day a week, I'll go with you. So he went to church that day. He came to church that day a complete atheist. Today, he pastors many churches in China because he became a complete believer in Jesus Christ that day based on this moment that he had with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. It's an incredible thing. They spoke in other languages, but the scripture here says that they spoke in other tongues. Well, tongues is a language that you do not learn and cannot understand. It, it may be speaking in a language that's known to humanity, and it may be speaking in a language that's known only to God, but it is a divine moment in the life of the believer that is throughout the New Testament as the Holy Spirit moves upon people. And like those in Acts chapter 2, those believers intentionally went all in with their relationship with the Holy Spirit. They desired that relationship. And the Holy Spirit desires or responds to the cry of your heart. 
In several places in Scripture, you see the Holy Spirit coming upon believers and they receive him. That's what Paul said. He said when they received the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. I want to be clear that tongues is not the only sign of the Holy Spirit in individuals' lives. It's just one of the signs that Scripture gives us. But it is a clear and definitive and immediate sign that we see throughout Scripture. In an instant, believers both receive internally and declare externally their relationship with the Holy Spirit. So you, say, you might say, well, I don't know if I, I, I don't speak in tongues, and I don't know if I want to speak in tongues, and nobody will make you speak in tongues. Nobody can. That is an inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that can be impressed upon anybody. But is it something that should be feared? Not unless we fear the promise of the Father being poured into our life. It's one of the examples or one of the manifestations that we see of the scripture being fulfilled. But that brings us to thought number two. Thought number two is going all in means declaring your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we receive the Holy Spirit within our life. And then we declare the Holy Spirit within our life. When the crowd mocked Peter, he declared something. He said, this is what Joel spoke about. In Acts chapter 2, he said, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. He said, everybody in in the place, everybody knows Jesus was raised from the dead. All kinds of 500 people saw him. You know, this is well known. So God raised Jesus from the dead. We're all witnesses. Now he's exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you have seen and heard today. So you're seeing and hearing the fulfillment of the promise and the prophecy of Joel. It's the promise of the Father. It's the prophecy that Joel gave and now you're seeing it. I'm, I'm saying, this is what it is. He, he's not saying, I, I, I don't know what that is. He's not trying to distance himself from the Holy Spirit. Here, here's, here's just a, this is just for your personal benefit. If you're dating somebody for six months and they keep telling you, hey, I don't want anybody to know that we're dating, you need to break up. Walk on. Stop wasting your time. If if you aren't worth declaring, then you don't want that relationship. But a lot of people say, I want a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I just don't want anybody to know about it. Because that can get weird. Peter declared his connection. And he was not afraid. He was bold. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Each one of you, they asked, what must we do to be saved? He said, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's telling them, I want you to have what I've received. And you can receive what I've received. Now, at Five Lakes Church, we teach very clearly that every gift is available to every believer. Not every believer will be used in every gift. Tongues is a personal gift from God. It is one that others can witness. It's amazing. 
And I hope every one of us experiences this gift in the Holy Spirit. But writing about the gift of tongues, you might say, well, why would you wish that upon me? I would only wish for you what Paul wished for the people of Corinth. He said, I wish all of you spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. Both are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Both are things that only the Holy Spirit can produce in your life. But you might be saying, wait a minute, I don't know that I want to speak in tongues and and I don't, you know, that's a little freaky for me. Okay, well, maybe your first step is declaring your relationship with the Holy Spirit in a language that you do understand. So you start talking about the Holy Spirit. You start talking to the Holy Spirit. You start interacting with the Holy Spirit in your daily life. When you're walking along, you trust that the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words to say. The scripture says to us that holy men of God, when it's talking about how the Bible came to pass, how scripture was written, it says holy men of God spake or wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been talking to us and talking through us from the very beginning. Now the scripture is closed, but the Spirit still speaks. The Spirit of God still works in the heart of men and women. How many times as a believer have you witnessed the fact in your own life that you were in a moment where you did not know what to say and then suddenly the words, the right words come to your mind and you're thinking, how did that even happen? The Holy Spirit was speaking in your life and through your life. You're in a moment where there's total confusion and you should just fall apart, but you don't. Because something occurs within you and you realize, wait, I've got a strength that does not come from myself. It's, there's something beyond me that's reaching out from me. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is God working in personal and daily relationship in your life. Both Old and New Testament, we see the Holy Spirit comforting people, directing people, teaching people, convicting convicting people, and empowering people consistently throughout. So it's a relationship that you want to grow, so it must be a relationship that you declare. I have to admit, though, in most of our lives, we want a supernatural outcome without supernatural input. We're open to experiencing the supernatural. God, if you want to pour out gold bars from heaven upon my, you can even pour it on my roof if you want to. I'll get them. Wherever you want to put them, Lord. We're open to that. But the supernatural input is the thing that we struggle with. We'd like to see a miracle that we cannot explain, receive blessings that we do not deserve, experiencing, experience boomtown moments that we cannot create, while engaging in a relationship that we can explain, invest in a relationship in the way that suits us or usually a limited manner, and keep our relationship with the Holy Spirit private. But your relationship with the Holy Spirit is personal. It was never meant to be private. Such that when the Holy Spirit came upon them, People around them were attracted by the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. So in your world and in mine, it's not how awesome we are that calls others to look at us and say, hey, tell me about what you believe or tell me about what you understand or tell me about your relationship with Jesus or tell me about, 
But there should be something about you and I that that catches people's attention and causes them to say, hey, what's that about? What should we do? What shall we do? What, What do I need to do about it? I see what's happened in your world, and that don't make no sense. And what's happening in my world, it makes too much sense. And I, I need some of your no sense in my sense. So can you tell me what to do? The Holy Spirit and his work in our life is meant to be an attractant to the world. And it cannot be an attractant if it is kept a secret. So all in means receiving and declaring And it releases power in your life. When you receive the Holy Spirit and say, I I want everything that you have for me. And you begin to declare him in the world around you. Then it releases unique power in your world. It's it's not like suddenly you're Superman, Superwoman. That's so OP anyway. I don't... (laughs) I know what that means just because I had a very long explanation, but overpowered, which is entirely the point of Superman and Superwoman. Modern generations do not understand the point of a superhero. They're not supposed to be jacked up like I am. They're supposed to be able to handle it all. And if you serve a God that's jacked up like you are, he's not God at all. So aren't we supposed to be able to live above and beyond when the Holy Spirit with the power of the living God is part, daily part of our lives? And that's not OP. That's the power of God at work in your life and mine. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, I was warned that if I use this reference that anybody under 40 years old would not get it. So if you're under 40, when I refer to meatloaf, I do not mean this nasty, mushed up meat in a pan. I know your meatloaf is the most wonderful thing in the world's ever seen. And I'm sure I'll get 73,000 recipes this week. I'm just not a fan. But meatloaf the singer, Okay, some people do know what I'm talking about. (laughs) He sang a song, and the catchphrase was, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. Now, he was talking about cheating, which you should not do. That's a point to be made. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, anything the Holy Spirit calls us to do, we should do. But all of us have a that. I love, I love the Lord. I love God. I'm all about Jesus. I'm all about the Holy Spirit. I, I want all of God and he has all of me. And then he says, here's what I'm calling. Here's what I want to do in your life. Here's how I want to use you. And we're like, oh, wait, well, I'll do anything, Lord, but that. I'll go to Africa. I'm not calling you to Africa. I am calling you to let the Holy Spirit work through you in a way that will allow your neighbor to see me working in your life. Yeah, but my neighbor. The people in Africa need me, Lord. My neighbor. 
I've got neighbors that watch us every week. I've got neighbors that attend here. They all need help. And their neighbor does too. We need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Not as a secret, but as an open example to the world around us, both in my life and around us, that says, hey, God is real. And he's really working right now. And the real God of heaven that will deal with real issues in your life can do it in a miraculous and powerful way. So I'm going to ask if we would just push aside the that. Can you bow your heads with me for a moment? Actually, no, let's stand to our feet. We're closing. Prayer partners, come forward. But I'm going to ask you if you would just, if you're, if you're comfortable, you don't have to, nobody's going to make anybody do anything. If you just lift your hands like this, though, in a posture of receiving from the Lord and say, if, if this is your prayer, just pray it to, to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I am open to, amen, to anything that you would call me to. I want to receive you today. And I will declare you today. Declare you before the world. In Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit is in this room right now. I am intentionally not hyping this moment. Too often we can get the work of the Holy Spirit confused with the movement of our own emotions the Holy Spirit does use our emotions but it's not just our emotions and there is a presence of the Lord in this room right now when you say that when you know that when you feel that that is the Holy Spirit God in relationship to you and I on a day-to-day moment-by-moment basis so father in the name of Jesus we thank you for your word for your presence in this moment. We thank you, mighty God, that you've allowed us the ability to live beyond, beyond what is natural and what is normal. You've called us to be empowered by you, which naturally lifts us beyond what is natural to us. And so we're asking you, Lord, use us for your glory. As you bring us back together and as the family of God, between now and then, I pray that some, something, something that you're doing in us would capture the attention of people that don't yet know you and cause them to ask, what must I do? And the answer, Lord, is always you. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And if that's your prayer, would you just say amen with us today? Praise God. Prayer partners are up front. We're going to worship in closing this service. If you need prayer, come forward. If you're ready to go, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you. The service is over, but our fellowship has just begun. And so let's worship the Lord as we close today in Jesus' name.